welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And welcome back to our page 6 edition for September 20th, 2020. So our social topic we're going to talk about today is the lack of education when it comes to the emotional aspect of parenting. And I can go on and on about this if I'm asked to. Because there, I feel like quite a few issues. Yes, go off, Claire. Yeah, I mean, there are books on how to take care of a child from birth to the teenage years, or, like, I guess the physical aspect. And there are books on children's crucial development stages and milestones, like we learned in psych. When we talk, when we start to walk, crawling. Well, you didn't crawl. (laughs) So apparently in psych, we learned that if you crawled as a child, you, it was correlated with doing better in lang- uh, in English and math, or your respective language, right? I crawled. I did not crawl. <laughs> I wonder what that says. I know. But yeah, I feel like there's a lot of books. Like, for example, my mom has a bunch of books on like pregnancy and whatnot. And I was like, oh, how to take care of a child, how to breastfeed, stuff like that. But what we're really lacking is the emotional aspect of things. Because it's such a taboo topic. For example, like the topic of emotions, especially negative ones. And it's like the same with mental health and mental illness. I remember my dad once asked me like out of nowhere, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm okay. And he said, just okay, shouldn't you be happy? And I I just stood there like, excuse me, what are you talking about? Shouldn't you be happy? I feel like parents don't exactly recognize that it is okay to feel emotions that aren't necessarily just happy or excited or whatnot. Like, sometimes, you know, we be feeling kind of down, you know? Yeah, I remember I was like, oh, I'm feeling, like, sad. And like, what are you sad for? Exactly. There's nothing to be sad about. Be happy. And I'm like, you're just stressed. I was like, yes, I am, but I'm also sad. Yeah, like, you're stressed. Like, well, you have nothing to stress about. You have your entire life planned ahead of you. One thing my dad loves to say is like, oh, if you can't deal with this, how are you going to deal with the issues in the rest of your life? Oh, the real world. The oh real my gosh, world. they bring up the and real I'm world just sitting lot. here thinking to myself, well, I'm dealing with this right now. So why don't you stop and go away? Oh my god. Yeah, I think many like... Okay, sometimes I know this seem, may seem like very too straightforward, but like when we see like in growing up, you don't really blame the par- like you hear a lot oh like the the kids not doing right like maybe the kids getting in trouble or whatnot or, you know sometimes kids are mean okay yep <laughs> kids are mean and they oftentimes it's the parents' fault. There's, like, this whole issue of saying, like, oh, you shouldn't blame the parents because they're trying their best. But at the same time, you, like, come on. Yeah. Are and you kidding me? You know, like, obviously, I'm sure the parents are trying their best, but I don't know how to say this, but sometimes the best is not cutting it. Like, the, maybe they're trying their best at trying to, you know, they're providing for the kid, like, going to their job, like, getting the income so that they can physically provide for the kid. But if your person, like... I think people neglect how much nurture is. How much nurture it takes. How much their nurture, how nurture actually affects the kid. Because people say, oh, she was meant to be like this. Or it's like, oh, like like, this is a child. Um, It's because this kid grew up in an environment where 
it was normalized, right? Their parents' feelings and their mood affects the child, mm-hmm. right? And people seem to suddenly focus, oh, that's the nature of the child. No, it's not. Yeah, there's like this whole like debate for nature and nurture. But the thing is, I, in my opinion, I think it's the environment that really determines how we turn out as people. Because I feel like one of the aspects of parenting is trying to be a model for your child. Mm-hmm. Not just in like terms of, oh, I'm successful in life or whatnot, but also like your actions, your habits, how you deal with your emotions. For, like, act, like you, you've heard like the phrase, actions speak louder than words. I yeah. feel like children don't listen to what you say necessarily because kids are just like that. But they're very observant, they're very smart, even though we like, don't think that they are. They are basically are watching everything that you do. And they're picking up on these like subtle hints, like, oh, I'm not gonna, like, oh, my parent isn't talking about their emotions and like bottling it up and yelling every so often, then, oh, okay, I think that's okay for me to do that too. Mm-hmm. People just don't understand how much their actions and their habits can affect children later on in life. Yeah. I think people forget that how impactful it is. Like I said, right? Like it is impactful, but to an extent where it affects the child's like adulthood, right? When you think as a child, right? Especially, okay, this is another like thing I feel like sometimes you have to say it, but parents hit their kids sometimes or they <laughs> yell at their kid, right? And not like in terms of like domestic abuse, like is it domestic abuse? I think to I me, I think, think it so, is. It right? Is. But it's so like normalized. It is normalized. Yeah, it is normalized. And you always say, especially, okay, we'll talk about emotional abuse, right? Since this is what we were talking about, like kind of always, I wouldn't say, of course, the most, most times, right? Parents have a good intention, right? They're just trying to teach the kids. However, if you keep yelling at the kid, right? And that's how the, like, and you say, oh, that's okay. This is how I am. Teach, like this is considered love, right? I love you. I'm trying to help you become better. What does that What does that show the kid when they become an adult and get into a relationship, right? Is that sort of yelling? Is that should that be normal? You don't see it between two pa- adults, right? So why should it be normalized between a parent, a, a kid, and a parent, right? And this is how people get stuck in abusive relationships because they're like already conditioned to believe, oh, if my parent hits me, if my parent yells at me, or like gets angry at me. It's just because they love me and they want what's best for me. And this is how people end up being stuck in these extremely abusive, emotion, emotionally abusive relationships. Physically too, but just... It's a whole vicious cycle, I feel like. And one of the points that I wanted to make is that the this problem goes back through generations. Mm-hmm. Because I think the tab... Like, for example, like what I talked about before, the taboo of negative emotions has already gone back, gone way too far back for way too long. For example, like, I think gender roles also plays an important part in this. For example, as a child, maybe you were told, hey, if you cry, you're weak. And you know what? That's not necessarily the case. And I absolutely hate it when people say that to me, or they say that to children, because this way you're taught, oh, you shouldn't let out your emotions, you shouldn't deal with them in a healthy way. Because... Honestly, crying sometimes is a healthy way of coping with emotions instead of just bottling it up inside of you until you snap one day. And I think it should be taught and it should be recognized 
that crying, letting out these emotions is actually a beneficial thing for you. Maybe maybe not necessarily beneficial, but it's better than just keeping it inside mm-hmm. all the time. I think this also goes along with like another issue that um, is present in parenting is the word it is what it is, right? This is how it works. I absolutely I like I hate that word that phrase sometimes, especially when it comes to like from adults to kids, right? Because the point of general like the point of the general like when okay when we talk about something right like hey this is like this is bad right and the adult says this is how it is well then why aren't we changing it you're telling you're kind of telling the kid you shouldn't change right this and okay the parent or the adult recognizes that this is not good right but they don't do anything about it and so the kid is conditioned to think, oh, I shouldn't do anything about it either, Just right? Just accept it as Just it accept is. it how it is. But the point of the parent, right, in all the essence is to always provide a better life for your kid. Mm-hmm. Right? Another thing. That brings me into another issue. Go ahead. The thing was like, oh, what are you sad about, right? You have all the things in your world, right? Like when I was a ch- like child, I did this. And you're always co- they're always comparing their childhood. Well, that's the point. When you have a kid, you always want to provide. We're not like you. We we're not born just to like. How do I say this? Um, you birthed us because you wanted a better life for your children, right? Mm-hmm. You worked hard because you want a better life for your children. Don't blame us for wanting more, right? Exactly. For more of the world to be a better world to further better ourselves and society. Mm-hmm. right and to deal with our own problems because things change i think people forget that sometimes because parents or i feel like older generations tend to believe oh my way is basically everyone else's way yeah. of doing things of perceiving the world but i think for the newer generations we've decided like oh we're gonna do this a different way and i guess for our generation especially gen z it's more so enacting change into the problems that we see in society today. But the thing is, parents don't exactly recognize that this change is happening because they're like, oh yeah, well I guess it is what it is, so just deal with it and accept it and find a way to like go around it instead of actually targeting the issue and trying to change it itself. Which is honestly not that good of a thing because if you implement that type of mentality into everyday life, for example, if you have like an issue you have to deal with in the workplace, then it's just like, oh, it is what it is, and you never get that fixed. That goes into so many issues of things like harassment, sexual assault. I um, know. Like bullying in the workplace. It's called bullying. I think people, they always say harassment. It's bullying, bullying, right? You're taught not to bully at school, so why is this somehow acceptable? It's just double standards. And I understand, oh, just a kid, right? But what are you teaching that kid, right? Mm-hmm. There's Yes, there's a di- different dynamic, right? But obviously, you brought us into the world to, you know, better the world. That's the point of uh, the new generation every Mm -hmm. year, Mm -hmm. right? And also, the phrase it is what it is is also, I think, used to not, well, to explain certain people's decisions and behaviors. Mm -hmm. Saying like, oh, this person's being a narcissistic narcissistic piece of crap. And then they're like, oh, yeah, it is what it is, just deal with it. And I'm like, no, at this point, I feel like more people should know that it's not okay to act like that 
and that we should probably change it and be like, hey, this is not okay. You have to change your behavior. Another thing, <laughs> I feel like every time Claire something, I think of something, I'm like, yes, that's right. And you hear it a lot in school too. I remember, and I'm pretty sure this is um, a similar experience to a lot of girls out there, right? When you see like, okay, like boys like kind of annoying you, right? And you don't like it, okay? And it's not because they like you. I it's just like, because they're being mean. They're being annoying. And you tell the teacher, like, hey, like, they're being annoying to me. I don't really want to do this. And they say, oh, like, like, just try to avoid them, right? Like, don't talk to them. Like, why aren't you telling the boys to or the group to stop being annoying? Exactly. That is what you should be doing, not telling me to avoid them. That's another physical, actionable example of it is what it is. Boys will be boys. That freaking phrase, boys will be boys. I feel like at some point it's applicable, right? Like maybe, I guess, guys doing like stupid things at school or whatever. But like it's harmless. It doesn't affect anybody in a negative way. In fact, it makes us laugh. But the phrase boys will be boys used in much more dire situations such as, I guess, hitting, bullying, harassment, both sexual and physical, and things like that. Using that kind of phrase, boys will be boys, is extremely... Because you're basically offering them, like, a shield for their actions. Like, it's just saying, oh, yeah, guys will be like that, no matter what. And it's fine, because society accepts that as normal. Mm -hmm. And because of that, this problem still persists today. I mean, I know, like, a bunch of people out there are not like this, but there are people that are. And having that kind of shield, that boys will be boys, just lets them get away with everything because people are accepting hey yeah people are like this so you know what just deal with it i think people often think of these issues as something huge right like things like the brock turner case at stanford where he raped a girl right but this happens in microaggressions too like and at a smaller level at school to little kids to families even. Yeah, and the thing it's is, in the family unit. The thing is, like, people don't exactly report these cases because, first off, like, I guess in, like, a family situation, it's their family. You don't want, I guess for most people, they don't want their families to be separated. For example, if it's a parent or, like, a relative. They're like, oh, I don't want my parent to go to jail and leave us or something like that. Or, like, what if you rely on them as your income, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess people are scared, too, because they're being threatened by these offenders and saying like, oh, if you tell anyone, then one of the possible outcomes would be death for you. And this problem just goes unnoticed because it happens to people, like the offenders that are actually doing these types of things are extremely close to the victims, like family members or siblings or whatnot. So that's just like one other point I wanted to make. Kind of, we kind of, I think we kind of went off topic a little yeah. bit. Okay. But I think, I mean, this brings back to how a family unit is being, or a family is being raised, right? Mm -hmm. When you're raising a family, I think before, people just shouldn't have kids for the sake of having kids if they think that, you know, they can't be a parent. But people often overestimate, like, oh, I should be fine, like, I know how to take care of them. Yes, but do you 
Like before you have kids, do you think about your own emotional well-being and whether that will affect your kid when you grow up? Because let me tell you, I mean, I'm sure any parent will tell you having kids are stress is stressful. From what I can tell, right? You're taking care of a newborn, like you're... And like every little action of yeah, yours. Yeah, your responsibility, like, that's your responsibility, like a live human being child. I don't know how to say that, <laughs> but a child is in your responsibility in your hands and that is a huge responsibility a huge thing for you to take on Mm -hmm. and like the big question is can you handle that and also can you do it well because Mm -hmm. if you can handle it but you can't do it well then what's the point you know what i mean yeah or like if you're trying like emotional neglect is i think a really big issue in families and like they're not even aware of that i feel it's not even their fault at this point because yeah like we said before this issue goes by generations they've been taught like this by their own parents their grandparents and even further down from that so i feel like it's not even their ish like their fault that these things are happening yeah and that it is time that people should learn because like we said before raising a child is an extremely huge responsibility i think people Another thing people forget, like, building on what Clara said about, like, it's not even their fault anymore. A lot of it is unconscious behavior. And that unconscious behavior, whether you want it or not, will rub off on the child, Mm -hmm. right? And one thing, I mean, people should look into, and it's become more normalized these past few years, is therapy. I think people usually think of therapy as something, oh, like... Um, of course, if you have uh, like mental health issues, right, depression, anxiety, CD, and whatnot, um, and or also if you're dealing with um, like ish- any issues, like right, like you're feeling marital issues, friendship issues, family issues, right? People go to therapy for that, but people often overlook going for- to therapy before you have a kid. I think that's a really crucial step that you should definitely take because how are you going? To look after the emotional well-being of your own child if you can't even do that for yourself. And it's like your own habits, your own way of dealing with your own emotions. And Mm -hmm. if you're trying to teach like a different way to your child, then it's hard, right? Yeah. And like you can't, like we said before, actions speak louder than words. You're probably not, it's probably not even going to work at this point. So I think fixing your own emotional issues any concerns that you have is definitely something every parent or every person who wants to have a child should do. Yeah, especially if you're planning for one. Exactly. And, I mean, usually you figure out you're pregnant, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you figure out you're pregnant and you want to keep the child, right, um, then you should look into going to therapy before you have the child. Maybe even before that, too, because there's this whole thing about epigenetics and how a mother's stress can affect their child. That, too. So, I think doing it before you're even conceiving, like, actually conceiving. Like, Mm -hmm. if you're considering having a child but haven't conceived yet, then I think it's a good idea to sort out everything first before you actually begin to have a child. Yeah, and obviously not everyone plans for the child. Yeah. Um, Or, like, you're not looking to conceive, but somehow you do. So, I think one way is just to have knowledge that, remember in health class, right, we learn about things that 
usually it seems we learn about mental health issues, right? And we learn about physical, like nutrition and whatnot. But I think one thing people forget is that is family, right? How much family affects you. And, you know, sometimes we're taught to focus on physical more than mental, right? Because obviously as a parent, right? We're not, no one's doubting the intentions of parents to provide the best experience for your child, for them to succeed in life, be happy, right? Mm -hmm. And they think, oh, just so I can like work to provide the education, um, then that's it, right? I can do it. But if you want to provide the best experience for your child, you should also look into providing the best mental Mm-hmm. situation for them you're not just saying it is or what emotion. it is or yeah. saying oh don't be sad there's no reason to be sad yeah. or and also teaching a child right people oh i think i know again i know we talked about this and we might be going um might be going a little off topic than what we were talking about but it's how to teach the child the right way right it's not just kind of scolding the child right especially after they've done it. They don't know what they did wrong. A lot of times we don't, especially when we're young, right? We don't know what you're talking about. And you have to explain the aspect Yeah. Of why. Yeah, why. Also, why. Why is so important. Because you always hear, why can I do this? And you're like, just because. like Because I said so. Because I said so. What is that? Like, then your kid basically grows up learning nothing. It's just like, oh, well, I can't do this because my parents said no. And it's irrational. Like, why can't I go? Uh, no, I, you can't. Uh, and you can't go to the sleepover because I said so. What you should have said is your real reason. Maybe you don't want the kid to go over because you feel unsafe. You feel that that situation is not safe for your kid. Then the kid will better understand your decision, which I know going into like, like what, pubescent years, right? Mm-hmm. Your uh, teenage years, when there's a, usually traditionally a line of disconnect between the child and the parents right because that's where the point where kids don't understand why the parents are doing it the parents don't explain why so Mm -hmm. there's no there's no real reason as to why people are are like parents are like oh you can't do this so in that case then children as they grow older tend to be like oh well i don't know why i shouldn't do that yeah just go do it anyway yeah there's like if you don't want your kid to go out at night explain why explain that it's unsafe right exactly if you don't want your kid to go to the party explain why or like you don't want your kid to do this or if you want your kid to do this right Mm -hmm. also go there's not just like things you don't want them to do, but you want to, them to do well in school. If you you see your kid failing, you don't just don't just say do better at school, right? You should be like, oh, do better because of this. Like, yeah. Why the- does you? Why do you want the kid to do better? And once a kid understands that, then they can be like, wow, now I know why, right? And there's a incentive for me to work better exactly. or work harder and do better at school. And of course, there's like a driving motivation behind, like if concrete motivation behind their actions now because otherwise you're just blindly doing what your parent is telling you to do just like oh well my mom told me to so i guess i'll do it and that goes way into your college years and your like career and way past like what is the purpose like you have to have some kind of motivator behind your actions and your path like even like your path in life otherwise how are you just how are you going to keep improving as a person and how are you going to, like, justify your own actions, I guess? Instead of, like, oh, well, my parent told me to, and my parent wanted me to, so I'm just doing this for them instead of myself. Yeah. 
And, I mean, as people educate themselves, especially with the current generation, right? Millennials are starting to have children. A Gen Z, some, I think. The older ones, at least. Yes, I believe so. And so, as I think that our generation is are more aware of what's happening and realizing their own conscious be- unconscious behavior. And, you know, it's time to break a generational curse. Mm-hmm. Like, I think like social media is sometimes a bad thing but in this case people are sharing their own stories their Mm -hmm. own like experiences with neglect and abuse both emotionally psychologically and physically and this way it alerts everyone out there or like the people who are on this social media kind of thing that hey it is not okay to treat your children like this and this way it kind of um informs them and educates them in a way, you know, and I mean, like, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, having a compulsory education and health class. I mean, that is a good step forward, mm-hmm. but just having people share their experiences and say, oh, this made me feel extremely worthless or whatever, or just made me extremely traumatized in that way, I think, because people or humans are very compassionate as creatures, right? Yeah. And listening to these types of things allows them to realize oh that's not the way you should be treating a child or anyone in that case so yeah well that is our cultural conversation of the day and before we end we have our fun fact about sunday so following our fun fact on our headline news here's another fun fact about sundays about newspapers so many american and british Daily newspapers publish larger editions on Sundays, often including a color comic strip, magazine, a coupon section, and sometimes a twin release alongside a sister newspaper. Mm, I remember like Sunday comics were like a thing. Yeah, Sunday comics were really fun. Peanuts. Maybe we'll include Sunday comics. Who knows? Stay tuned. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Have a great rest of your Sunday.